When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Healthy vs. Toxic, the podcast where licensed mental health professionals explore what makes a relationship healthy or unhealthy or even abusive, all from a scientifically informed perspective. Hello, this is Dr. Grande. Today's question asks if I can analyze obsessive-compulsive personality disorder in a high level of detail, so a comprehensive review. So I'll not only be talking about the definition, but also the history, the etiology, personality characteristics associated with the disorder, comorbidity, and treatment. I'll refer to obsessive-compulsive personality disorder as OCPD. So before I get started with the history, it's important to point out the difference between OCD and OCPD. OCD is obsessive-compulsive disorder, and of course, OCPD is obsessive-compulsive personality disorder. So we only see the word personality that differentiates them in terms of the name, but in terms of their characteristics, they're quite different. OCD is a disorder that has obsessions, so intrusive thoughts, and compulsions, which are behaviors that relieve the anxiety created by those thoughts, at least in theory. Now, OCPD is a disorder that has extreme personality traits. It's a pervasive pattern of maladaptive personality traits. Now, confusing this topic a little bit more is the idea that OCD and OCPD are actually highly comorbid. They tend to occur together. And I'll address that more in a few moments. So moving to the history. OCPD actually has a long history. The first reference in the literature to something similar to this disorder was actually made in 1903. OCPD has been included in every version of the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual going back to DSM-1, which was published in 1952. OCPD is highly prevalent in the population. We don't know exactly how prevalent, but if we look at the research studies, the range is somewhere between 2% and 8%, right? So arguably, this is the most prevalent personality disorder, although some people believe that avoidant personality disorder is the most prevalent, right? So it's kind of between those two for that top prevalent spot. Most researchers agree, though, it is one of those two. So it's either OCPD or avoidant personality disorder. So either way, it's a highly prevalent personality disorder, and it's one that a lot of clinicians don't have a lot of experience with, right? So we see a lot of people have it, but not a lot of people go in for treatment because of the symptoms. So it's not a disorder that gets a lot of attention in the research literature. Now, in terms of the official definition of the disorder, we see that it is a cluster C personality disorder. It's in the anxious, fearful cluster. 
So that's the same cluster as avoidant and dependent personality disorders. This disorder is characterized by perfectionism, rigidity, negative affectivity, so having a negative mood and expressing that negative mood, interpersonal aggression, and a need to control other people. There are eight symptom criteria listed for OCPD. Four or more are required for a diagnosis. Now, looking at the diagnostic criteria, we see a preoccupation with details, orders, rules, lists, organization, and schedules. We see perfectionism that interferes with task completion. We see someone who's excessively devoted to work and productivity to the exclusion of friendships. We see a tendency to be over-conscientious, scrupulous, and inflexible about matters of morality, ethics, or values. There is difficulty throwing out worn-out objects, so people tend to hold on to things. A reluctance to delegate tasks because they want things done in a certain way. There's a miserly spending style associated with this disorder, and this would be a spending style in terms of what people spend on themselves as well as what they spend on others, right? So overall, not a lot of spending. And the last symptom criterion, rigidity and stubbornness. Now, because technically somebody could get this diagnosis with just four of the eight criteria endorsed, two people could be diagnosed with OCPD and have completely different symptoms. This is true for all disorders that only require half or less than half of the symptoms to be endorsed for a diagnosis. For example, antisocial personality disorder is in a similar situation. Three or more of seven symptoms have to be endorsed. It's worth noting, though, that it's unlikely that any two people with this disorder wouldn't share at least one symptom. We know that the perfectionism and the rigidity are often endorsed when people have OCPD. Now, interestingly, OCPD actually doesn't hold together very well as a single construct. And we see this with a number of disorders. So it's not unidimensional. It actually appears to have two subtypes. There's the aggressive subtype and the pleasing subtype. So with the aggressive subtype, we see somebody who's vindictive, self-centered, and they have hostile and dominant behavior. They engage in frequent arguments with other people and have a tendency to experience and express anger. So we see some overlap with narcissistic and borderline personality characteristics. Looking at the pleasing subtype, here we see someone has high levels of self-doubt, they lack confidence, they have low self-esteem, they're overly friendly, submissive, and preoccupied with approval from other people. One theory here is that this type of OCPD is actually a combination of OCPD and OCD. This subtype also has some overlap with borderline personality features, but also with dependent personality features. So now moving on to the etiology of this disorder. So what causes OCPD? Well, as with all personality disorders, we see both a genetic and an environmental component. The etiology of OCPD is not really that clear. There are reports that say the heritability may be as low as 27%, but then we see other reports that indicate that it may be as high as 78%. There are a lot of different theories in terms of the environmental side. Some of the most popular theories indicate that strict parenting may be causal. So that may contribute to the development of the disorder. Now looking at the personality characteristics associated with this disorder, I like to look at personality using the five-factor model of personality theory. I remember the traits in the five-factor model through the acronym OCEAN. Openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and eroticism. 
I'm actually going to start here with conscientiousness because that's the personality trait that we think of initially as being the most related to OCPD, having the strongest association. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. So conscientiousness describes individuals who are industrious, reliable, self-disciplined, and ordered. There are six facets of this personality trait, competence, order, dutifulness, achievement striving, self-discipline, and deliberation. Now, again, a lot of people look at this and say OCPD must be related to conscientiousness. It seems like an obvious connection, but the findings in the research are actually not as clear as that. Self-report measures of OCPD show large positive correlations with conscientiousness. So what this means is when people have the disorder, they tend to rate themselves as highly conscientious. But here's where it gets tricky. Interview-based measures of OCPD. So these would be when people are observing other people who have OCPD. These show a non-significant relationship. So outside observers see OCPD differently than people who have the disorder. So we see really little evidence of a relationship between OCPD and conscientiousness at the trait level. But we really have to look beyond the general trait. The real story in this relationship is in the facets that I talked about before. Now, self-discipline, competence, and order are negatively correlated with OCPD. And the disorder is unrelated to deliberation and dutifulness. But it has a positive relationship with achievement striving. So what might be happening here is that people are seeing a lot of achievement striving and perhaps forgetting that there's much more to conscientiousness than just that one facet. People tend to equate achievement striving with the overall trait of conscientiousness. So that covers conscientiousness, but what about the other traits I mentioned before, the other four traits in the five-factor model? Well, we see really an unclear relationship with openness to experience. It seems like there is a negative correlation with the fantasy facet. But other than that, it's really not clear. In terms of extroversion, there's an overall negative correlation. But again, the facets are important. We see the disorder is negatively associated with warmth, gregariousness, and positive emotions. So people with disorder would not tend to be friendly, not tend to be outgoing, and probably not have a lot of positive feelings. OCPD has no relationship with assertiveness, activity, or excitement seeking, right? So again, the facet level detail is important to understand the relationship. 
In terms of agreeableness, we do see a negative relationship here. So people with the disorder tend to be disagreeable and antagonistic. They have low trust of others, for example. Now, in terms of neuroticism, we see a positive relationship, especially in the facet of angry hostility. Now, this really isn't that surprising as high neuroticism is associated with all of the cluster C personality disorders. And for that matter, it's associated with all of the cluster B personality disorders as well. So going back for a moment to the conscientiousness trait, this is the one that kind of surprises people. That relationship surprises people. So here's what this kind of means from the research findings with conscientiousness. High conscientiousness people are competent and self-controlled. They can handle situations and get the job done. Individuals with OCPD are perfectionistic. Their need for order and regulation is excessive. So it seems like it aligns with conscientiousness again, but it may actually interfere with other behaviors that would be part of conscientiousness. So this reminds me of the phrase, perfect is the enemy of good. The paradox here is that if somebody is too conscientious, they stop functioning in a conscientious manner. So individuals with OCPD tend to be ineffective at making decisions and they have difficulty completing tasks. So when we look at the behavior, it does appear to be differentiated from conscientiousness. We have that overlap with achievement striving, but other than that, the two constructs really seem to diverge. So now moving on to comorbidity, this is when disorders occur together. It's a co-occurrence of mental disorders. So some mental disorders tend to co-occur with other mental disorders more than others. And OCPD has extensive comorbidity. So it does tend to co-occur with other disorders quite a bit. If we look at disorders like anxiety disorders and depressive disorders, we see a lot of comorbidity with OCPD. Specifically with depression, we see if somebody has major depressive disorder and OCPD, they have an accelerated relapse of depressive episodes. So they tend to move back into a depressive episode more quickly than somebody without comorbid OCPD. Now, the co-occurrence with obsessive compulsive disorder, OCD, is somewhere between 23 and 45%. And there's a theory here, specifically in terms of poor insight, OCD, which is egocentric, meaning when somebody has poor insight, OCD, they tend to look at their symptoms as being expected and normal, as opposed to thinking that the symptoms are unusual. Well, the theory here with poor insight OCD is that it may in fact be OCD comorbid with OCPD. Now, in addition to this, we see that OCPD is often comorbid with eating disorders, somatic symptom disorder, chronic fatigue syndrome, and Parkinson's disease. 40% of individuals with Parkinson's disease have OCPD. Now, in terms of treatment, we see that all personality disorders are actually difficult to treat. There are really no exceptions to that. But OCPD has a curious relationship in terms of treatment outcomes. Some studies show that if somebody has comorbid OCPD, there is a higher risk for a poor treatment outcome. For example, if somebody has depression and OCPD, we would expect the treatment for the depression to be less effective. And the same thing with anxiety and OCPD. We would expect that the treatment wouldn't be as effective in treating the anxiety. But this is where it gets a little tricky. We look at other studies and we see that if somebody has OCD and comorbid OCPD, the OCPD actually predicts greater treatment gains. Now, the most recent research literature indicates that comorbid OCPD 
does not predict a worse or a better outcome, which is actually still kind of surprising. Usually, if a person has a comorbid personality disorder, we believe that the treatment outcome is not going to be as good as it would be if they did not have that disorder. So the idea that comorbid OCPD doesn't negatively affect treatment is still fairly remarkable. One theory as to why this might be the case is that the negative effects of OCPD symptoms may be counterbalanced by the positive effect of increased scores on the achievement-striving facet of conscientiousness. So achievement-striving can actually turn into like a coping skill in one way of thinking about it, right? Achievement-striving is positive. It helps people to achieve goals. So if somebody has OCPD, that achievement-striving may help them to better contend with comorbid disorders. In terms of treatment modalities, cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, is by far the most popular, and it does appear to be the most effective in treating OCPD. Individuals with this disorder usually appreciate structure, and CBT is highly structured. They also typically respond well to approaches that are practical, systematic, and focused on problem solving, and CBT has all those features. OCPD is, of course, still difficult to treat, but it responds relatively well to CBT as compared to many other personality disorders. So there are a number of reasons to be hopeful when treating OCPD. Thanks for listening. This has been a production of Ars Longa Media. The executive producer is Dr. Patrick Beeman. For more content, please visit our website at arslanga.media. To leave feedback or suggestions, send an email to info at arslanga.media. To find more content from Dr. Grande, including a link to his YouTube channel and his other Ars Longa podcasts, visit our website at arslanga.media. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be construed as medical or mental health advice. Ars Longa, Vita Brevis. Welcome to the Bravery Academy. My name is Emma Ferris and I'm your host. This podcast is crafted to share the stories of courageous individuals who have overcome adversity and found the courage to live their best lives. We'll explore the science of well-being, courage and connection and interview top thought leaders, game changers and survivors. And it's from these stories that we learn what resilience is, how to heal, how to recover and how to be brave.